Praise the Lord. Uh, I am so happy to be with you this morning. Last week I came alone and this time I come with my wife. Can I ask her to stand? Miss Miss Uganda 1991. <laughs> and uh, she has been a great, 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 great friend of mine for a long, long time. When I was getting married, uh, I used to think when I was growing up that I was very ugly. And many, uh, you know, uh, I started school when I was a teenager. And so there was a lot of bullying at school. And one of the things they used to tell me was that I was very ugly. I will never marry anyone. No girl will ever love me. But in 1991, I shocked the whole world <laughs> 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 when I married Miss Uganda. And uh, when they asked her, why did you marry that man? She said, he's the most handsome boy I have ever seen in the world. So would you give her a clap for accepting me? <laughs> and we've been together for 20 years. No regrets. No turning back. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you. You are greater than anything. Blessed be your name, Lord. And you turn our ashes into gladness. You turn our smiles. You bring our smiles back. We give you praise. And so we ask you, Lord, to bless us as we share your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First of all, I'd like to thank God so much for you, men and women of God, for praying for us. We came here just because of the miracle of God. Our son was diagnosed with a brain tumor. It affected his leg, affected his arm, affected his eye, and we were so crushed as a family. It was very hard to deal with. But we decided that uh, we take him to hospital. Uh, we, had, we wanted to go to India. We couldn't go. We wanted to go to South Africa. We couldn't go. We wanted to go to UK. They denied us a visa, so we were just crippled there, wondering what to do with a six-year-old boy who was born in our old age. And then uh, God performed a miracle. The doctor in the UK who was working going to work on him uh, had consultation with the doctor in Libona hospital and it was these two doctors that agreed that this boy should have life again and uh, Libona took this boy up they got a visa for us and here we are and uh, the operation was to take 18 hours it took 6 hours and uh, it normally takes six days for somebody to come out of uh, those difficult surgery. But our boy, within just 24 hours, he was speaking, he was in his senses, and he's now running all over the place. God is good. Amen. So I want to thank you for your prayers. And secondly, I want to thank you for your love. There are so many people who have come to see us. They have visited us. They have fed us. They have talked to us. They have been part of us. And we would like to thank Memphis for such a love, loving strangers. I'd like to thank God so much for Steve, 
who agreed to be my spiritual father, you know, fatherhood is a very important thing. And he has done a great work with his wife. And Natalie and uh, Andy, the Natalie is now my sister, Andy is now my brother. We are now yoked together, you can't separate us. And so many of you who have rung and who have texted and who have uh, sent uh, messages on Facebook, you are amazing people. God bless you. And God bless America. Amen. Amen. And uh, Idi Amin, when he went to England, uh, he was giving a speech. Some of you heard of Idi Amin, who was a terrorist president and killed 800,000 Christians and uh, an archbishop <coughs> and six bishops. And he was a madman. But he went to visit the queen. And uh, he was looked after very well. So when he was giving a speech, he didn't know English very well. He said, Your Majesty, you have looked after me very well. When you come to visit me in Uganda, I will revenge. He was saying I will pay back, but he said I will revenge. And we want to promise that when you come to visit us in Uganda, we will revenge for your kindness. <laughs> this morning, I'd like to share with you something that is very, very clear. I come from a Bible-believing church. Most places of the world... They have thrown the Bible out, uh, but I come from a Bible-believing church, and I believe that the Bible speaks. And so, so that the Bible with scriptures. But the Bible has spoken very well about a young man. And I want to share with you something, that your destiny is not dead. Each one of you, men and women, young and old, once you are allowed to be born, you are a man of destiny. The Lord will never create anybody without a purpose. The Lord will never, he would have allowed you to be a pig if he didn't want to use you. So you are created for a purpose. And that purpose, I want to tell you, whether you go up and down, God never makes mistakes, he will have his way. And so, many of you, maybe you had dreams when you were little, you had dreams when you were a teenager, you had... You felt there was something in you that maybe somewhere along the way you have thought it is dead. So this morning I want to tell you that uh, your destiny is not dead. And I want us to share together the story of, of, of Joseph just very quickly because of time. First of all, I'd like to encourage you that your background has no power over your destiny. Praise the Lord. Many, 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 many people's uh, visions and desires and blessings have been choked by their background. And many people blame their background where they come from for their problems. But I want to encourage you today that your background has no power over your destiny. And I want you to tell somebody near you right now, your background has no power over your destiny. Would you tell somebody seated near you? Your background has no power over your destiny. Your destiny is in the hands of the living God. Amen? Amen. This young man called Joseph came from a dysfunctional family. As many of you know, Jacob had two wives. He made a mistake, he married two sisters. And these two sisters hated each other 
from Genesis chapter 29 and chapter 30 you see how they hated each other and how they uh, even allowed their, their, uh, their maids to have sex with their husband so it was a troubled family full of polygamy, jealousy, hatred and, and the names of all those children if you read them they are sarcastic names it was a family which was full of unhealthy competition between these wives and their children full of incest you remember some of Joseph Jacob's sons, they had sex with their stepmothers, idolatry, and so many things that were there in that family. It was a dysfunctional family. And it was a very, very difficult family. If you read about this, the, the, the family of Joseph, you can't imagine that something good would come from that. And if there is anything that devil has done to destroy America, is to destroy the family. If there is anything that devil has done and has done successfully to destroy America is a family. And if there is anything we and me and you Americans to restore this nation is once again to focus on the family. Because you see without a family there is no community. Without a family there is no state. Without a family there is no church. And the devil always fights families, right from Genesis. So because Joseph was, a, I mean Jacob was a man of destiny, the devil destroyed his family. Because Joseph was a man of destiny, most of the troubles began from his family. And this is the family where this boy was born. Born out of prayer. His mother was barren for many years. And at last, he gave birth to a boy in Genesis chapter 30 and he called him Joseph Joseph means the Lord has taken away my reproach hallelujah and it was a prophetic name the Lord has taken away my shame the Lord has taken away my reproach and I would like to encourage all of you who are here this morning and I speak to you prophetically that word is still alive God is going to take away your reproach there are some of us who have been embarrassed and have been crushed when we were children. All that shame and reproach, we've gone with it. In our marriages, we have been embarrassed by people, by our husbands and ex and whatever. Let me tell you, all of you are here. The Lord will take away your reproach. It is the business of the Lord to turn our ashes into gladness. Praise the Lord. And so the Lord is going to take away your shame everything and there are some people who are, are, are always entangled with guilt there is something which you did many years back and the devil has been bringing it bringing it back over and over let me give you hope this morning he called him Joseph saying the Lord has taken away my shame the Lord has taken away your shame and uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 that therefore now there is no condemnation on those who are in who? On those who are in Christ Jesus. You should not be bothered by what happened 10, 20 years ago because now you are in Christ cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Secondly, this troubled family, from this troubled family, God raised a dreamer. Can you imagine? From such a troubled, dysfunctional family, God raised a dreamer. And I want to encourage you Americans, 
from such a troubled, shattered family life, God is in need of dreamers. Dreamers that will put this nation back to where it was many years back. Amen? And he's looking for men and women whom he is going to use. Joseph was raised from such a troubled family and he became a dreamer. And he had two dreams and most of you have heard of those dreams so I don't need to talk much about them. And I want you to stand and look alive because there is something great that is going to come out of you once you allow God to use you mightily. When I was born, I was born following five girls and my father was uh, very uh, unhappy with producing girls. As you know, in Africa, we have... Uh, um, uh, there is a patriarchal system where inheritance is through the boys. So a boy child is more important than a girl child. And so my father thought I was a, a girl because my mother didn't change the foods when she was pregnant. And he tried to kill me nine times kicking my mother's pregnancy indiscriminately. My mother lost a lot of blood. She thought I was dead. So nine times the Lord protected me. And even when I was born, I was not born in a, in a, a hospital. My children always ask me, Daddy, which hospital were you born in? I always tell them, Banana Hospital, because I was born in a banana plantation. My mother was running away from a brutal husband. I was born normal, 100%, and I'm still normal, as you see, a bouncing baby boy. <laughs> My father had no clue at all that I one day become a pastor. Had no clue at all that I one time become a professor at the university. Had no clue at all that I become a father of many children. Let me tell all of you who are here, the devil always fights men and women of destiny. If you are here and you are going through challenges, remember that the devil will always fight men and women of destiny. And he will use your background, he will use anything to destroy you. But your background has no power over your destiny. I love a song which one of the uh, English people composed. It says, in Christ alone, my hope is found. No schemes of men, no powers of hell shall ever pluck me from his hands. Jesus commands my destiny. Hallelujah. Jesus commands your destiny. Your destiny is not commanded by your circumstances. Your destiny is not commanded by your ex-husband or your ex-wife. Your destiny is not commanded by your job. Your destiny is in the hands of the living God. Who is the light of the world? Hallelujah. Dreamers always have problems. Joseph as a dreamer had problems. And I want to tell you, if you have a vision for God, the devil will always use every method to divert you. And that's why we need the gift of discernment. That's why we need the gift of wisdom. That's why spiritual gifts are very, very important to know that this is the devil attacking me. This is not my wife speaking. It must be somebody. You remember when Peter told Jesus some things and Jesus, what did he say? Get behind me, Satan. He discovered that it was not Peter. It was Satan speaking through him. Dreamers are always hated, persecuted. They are always attacked by Satan in many ways because the devil knows 
that you are going to give him a nervous breakdown if he allows you to do what you want to do. So Joseph was hated by his brothers. First of all, he was a righteous boy. The Bible says he refused to do evil which his brothers were doing. And secondly, he reported all the evils his brothers were doing. If there is anything that we need to bring revival in America, we need men and women who will do two things. One, who will not participate in the evils that are happening in America. And secondly, who are not going to quiet, who are going to speak that evil is evil, right is right, and wrong is wrong. One of the things that I really see in this country that is killing this nation is too much tolerance. Too much tolerance. You Americans, you tolerate too much. And because you tolerate too much, so you find the whole thing has been swallowed up. The world has evangelized American church. You really need to stand. This boy refused to participate in the evils of his brothers. Hallelujah. And secondly, he said, I'm not going to keep quiet. I will also tell my father every evil they do. Now, one of the problems I find is that some people here, some Christians, they are cowards. They don't want to talk about their faith. When they are at work, they don't want to identify themselves. When they are why are you cowards? These Muslims are, are, are they stand for what they and, and yet Muhammad never rose from the dead. And people who are following all these other things, the gay movement, people who are following all these activists, they come in millions. But Christians, we are so cowardly. And because we are so cowardly, the world has been, instead of us evangelizing the world, the world has been evangelizing us. So we need to stand boldly because we believe in a God who never changes. A mighty God, an everlasting Father. This is the secret this boy found. Whatever happens, I will fear God. And he spoke out, blessed be the name of the Lord. So we need men and women of integrity in this country, at work, at home, and at church. And we also need people who will not sit and see evil triumphing. We need men and women who will stand and speak out for God. Amen. Secondly, they hated him for his dreams because he dreamt leading them. He had a dream of leading his brothers, but he also had a dream of leading the whole world, all the stars bowing down to him. I would like to encourage all of you who are here, that God wants you to have dominion locally here in America, here in Memphis. But he also wants you to be global. He wants you to go out of your zone. The two dreams, one dream symbolizes a local ministry leading his brothers, bowing down to him. But the second dream was the whole world, all the stars, the moon, bowing down to him. So God is challenging some of you to uh, move into the world and preach the gospel. Jesus Christ, when he was here, he said, Come to me, all of you who labor and heavy laden. But again, he said, Go. So many people come to Jesus, but they don't go. 
Excuse me, I was challenging uh, uh, Natalie that she's not a chicken, she's an eagle. Eagles are born to fly. Eagles are born to soar. They are not like chickens which say and they just remain there. And the Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord shall have what? Their strength renewed and they shall mount up like what? Not like chickens, like eagles. And they shall run and never get tired. They shall walk and never get weary. Some of us, God is calling us to take the message of the kingdom to the nations of the world. Blessed be the name of the Lord. America has gone all over the place fighting, all over the place doing all sorts of things. We also need as Christians to go all over the place preaching the gospel of the kingdom. <coughs> they hated him because his father loved him. And I want to encourage all of you to know that your father in heaven loves you. Amen? You have a loving father in heaven. You don't have a terrorist father. You don't have a father who hates you. You have a loving father. And I was uh, uh, talking to one of you uh, here who was encouraging, talking about the fatherhood. If there is anything that younger people here in this country lack, is fatherhood. Because many, many younger people have grown with single parents. Where are the fathers is a very big problem. And, and that kills the concept of fatherhood. Because of my father's terrorism, my father was, a, was like a terrorist. Every word that I heard from him was, you are foolish, you are nobody, you are good for nothing. And every night he was fighting, beating my mother. So, so badly. Beating us. The same stick he was using to beat my mother was the same he was using to beat us. Very small children. We slept more days outside the house than in the house, running away from him. So the concept of a loving father was completely erased from my head. And so the concept of our father in heaven was destroyed because of my father's problems. And I remember one day my father tried to kill our mother and uh, we had no choice but to fight him. So nine children, we picked every weapon in the house and fought him and uh, saved our mother's skin. And my father got very angry. He had uh, six wives and 32 children and he sold everything. He said, we are moving from here. You are too many. And on the roadside, he threw us out of the pickup trucks and abandoned us on the roadside. Nine children. He said, you humiliated me. I can't move with you. So we were abandoned on the roadside, disowned because everything we had was taken by my stepmothers. We were also rejected by him and then he poured ash on us and said, as this ash has been blown away, may you be blown away with your mother. Now you don't have a house, you don't have land, you don't have clothes, you don't have anything. You are nine children, small, small children, where do you go? And from that time I was led by a spirit of rejection that followed me for many years, a spirit of abandonment that followed me for many years, a spirit of poverty that followed me for many years and they tell you a curse to be blown away like dust because I used to believe in curses. There are some of you who are here, I want to encourage all of you who are here. I had a terrible father but when I became a Christian I got a loving father. I got a father who loves me unconditionally. And I was sharing with someone that 
Once you are hidden in Christ, then you get the Father's love. Because our Father in heaven loves His Son, Jesus Christ. So when you are hidden in Him, you get all the privileges. When you are hidden in Him, you get all the inheritance. When you are hidden in Him, you get all the, all the love. When you are hidden in Him, you get all the protection. When you are hidden in Him, nothing will harm you because you are hidden in Christ who is the beloved Son of God. When you are hidden in Him, you wear His righteousness. So when God is looking at you, He's looking at His Son. It's very important to know that you have a loving Father. Hallelujah. Whatever your Father on earth did, know that you have a loving Father who loves you. And I was sharing with my wife one time that uh, the secret of... of uh, Daniel's success in the den of lions was that Jesus is called the Lion of Judah. So when uh, uh, Daniel was hidden in the Lion of Judah, when he was going into the den of lions, the lions saw a lion. Lions don't eat lions. And the huge lion came and they, they were so frightened they put their tails under their, under their legs. Hallelujah. When you are hidden in Christ, the lion of Judah, no lion, will touch him. He was hated also because of his gown. He had a gown which was, which was given to him. And the gown was a coat of favor. There is a lot of favor that God has released for us, his children. And he wants us to move in that favor. The favor of the Lord. There are so many things that come with favor. He was a special boy and his father loved him and I want to encourage all of you to know that your father in heaven loves you your father in heaven appreciates you your father in heaven has a wonderful plan he was plotted against you know that when you are a man and a woman of destiny you always have a cost to pay there is a verse in the bible which says all I want to know is to know the power of his resurrection and to participate in his what? In his sufferings. Most people in America, they love, I want to know the power of his resurrection. Then they stop there. But the verse continues and says, and to participate in his what? In his sufferings. Prosperity gospel is a very dangerous gospel. Uh, because it talks about power. It doesn't talk about suffering. But the gospel is balanced. You have power, but you have suffering as well. The, there was the face of the cross, which was, not, which was not so badly damaged, but there was the back of the cross. His stripes, we are healed. So, it was very, very important for us to know that there is a cost. Being a Christian is not a hot plate. Being a Christian, there is a cost you pay. First of all, he was plotted against by his brothers. They plotted to kill him. And there are so many things that devil is doing to plot against Christians. Plotting against our marriages, plotting against our children, plots and plots and plots and plots and plots. They plotted against him. But the good news is, the Bible says, and the Lord was with him. Hallelujah. They plotted against him, then the Bible says, and the Lord was with you. What a joy to know that the Lord is with you. Secondly, he was stripped when he went to give his brothers food. 
they got hold of him, they removed the coat from him. He was stripped naked of the gown he loved. And there are so many things that are very, very ready to stripe us of our joy, stripe us of our, our peace, and leave us naked. But the Bible says, and the Lord was with him. They took the coat, but they didn't take the anointing. They took the coat, they didn't take the Lord that was in him. And then, number three, he was thrown into a pit in Genesis 37. And there in the pit, he was naked. There in the pit, he was alone. It was terrible. And let me tell you something from the bottom of my heart. America now is in a spiritual pit. Spiritual moral pit. And it has been thrown there by the enemies of the cross. But the Bible says when he was thrown in the pit, the Bible says, and the Lord was with him. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage all of you who are here today. It doesn't matter what pit you are in. Maybe some of us were thrown into the pit by our own families, by our own husbands or wives, by our workmates at work. I don't know what pit you are in and when you have been there for many years. But let me tell you, the Lord is gracious. While this boy was in the pit, the Bible says in Joel chapter 2 verse 32, it says that those who will call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Praise the Lord. So while he was in the pit, he cried on the name of the Lord. And the Lord heard him. There's a verse in Isaiah 54 verse 17. It says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every time that will raise against you, he shall condemn Blessed be the name of the Lord. So while he was crying for God's help, a group of slave traders came, organized by the Lord, I hope. God had him, he brought slave traders, and these boys said, other than killing our brother, let us sell him for money. So they brought him out of the pit and sold him for 20 shekels. Let me tell you, Joseph, when he was in the pit, he was of no value. Naked, completely finished. But when he came out of the pit, he was worth 20 pieces of silver. So every problem you go through, and you remain with the Lord, it adds value. Every problem you go through as a Christian, it adds on your testimony, it adds on your value. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When we had the problem of this boy, it was terrible. But you know, the, the uh, sickness of our son has added a new testimony on our lives that Jesus Christ has power to heal. And this boy also had a problem. They sold him as a slave to Egypt, far away from home. <laughs> and I wanted to say that for every Pharaoh, there is always a Moses. And in, in, in this country, which I also believe that somewhere it is in spiritual slavery, the devil has sold some people into slavery of sin, slavery of habits, slavery of addictions. I think for every Pharaoh there is always a Moses. God is in need of Moses to bring this country back. For every Goliath there is always a David 
You people, you have a giant fight. And let me tell you, those who are in Christ, Christ is our hero. Christ will defeat every Goliath in our lives. And for every Jezebel, there is always an Elijah. For every Nebuchadnezzar, there is always a Daniel. For every Haman who wanted to kill the Jews, there is always an Esther. And for every Tobias, there is always a Nehemiah. And for every devil, there is always a cross. And for every problem, there is always a Bible. Amen. I want to encourage all of you that God is calling you. Your destiny is not dead. Whatever challenges happen to you, your destiny is still as intact. God is still calling you at whatever age to be a, a, a blessing to this nation. While this boy was in slavery, the Bible says, again, and the Lord was with him. Praise the Lord. In the pit, he was with him. In slavery, he was with him. So wherever you are, whatever you are going through, the Lord will go with you. When he was in slavery, everything changed. His coat turned into nakedness. His brothers turned into dealers. His security was changed to shackles. His fashion turned into rags. His wealth turned into poverty. His sonship was changed into slavery. But the Bible says, and the Lord was with him. And that's why I love that song, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. Hallelujah. The Bible says when he was in Egypt, because he knew the Lord, the Lord was with him. He was bought by a major general, one of the soldiers in Egypt. And he gained the value. Because he was bought by a major, by a military man, by a very high-ranking officer. He was not bought by a commoner. He now started serving major generals and uh, brigadiers and I don't know what ranks you have. Can you imagine you are asleep, you are serving big men and you are hearing what they are saying. God is training you to how to deal with military people. Everybody you are the ones who is serving. And the Bible says God blessed him. Everything he touched prospered because the Lord was with him. So even in slavery, he gained value. He became the chief of all the servants in the, in the, in the court of this big man. Let me tell all of you who are here. God wants us to shine for Christ at work. The Bible says in chapter 39 and 40 and 41 that Joseph did a good job as a slave. He became a man of integrity. His competence, his influence attracted Potiphar. And he made him the chief of every slave that was in his palace. I want to encourage each one of us that God is calling us to be witnesses at work. Where we have influence, shine for Jesus Christ. Where we are working small or big, shine. For Jesus Christ. The Lord gave Joseph success because he was shining for Jesus. The Lord gave Potiphar riches and peace because of the existence of this boy. His presence, physical presence, went with blessings. Your presence in a job, your presence in a family must bring blessings. Let me encourage you, all of you are here. If you are married, you are a missionary to your family where you are married. If you are 
you are working you are a missionary on your job wherever you are you are carrying God's presence the Bible says let your light shine that those who will see you will glorify your father in heaven if you look at Joseph in the pit you think the dream is gone plotted you think the dream is gone he's now a slave far away you think the dream is gone his destiny was not dead because his God was not dead your God is not dead and remember <coughs> an old man picked us from the from three hours of crying on the roadside and he gave us a house a very old house to stay there for three weeks we spent there uh, ten years because we had nowhere to go we didn't have food but we we ate food five and a half years from dustbins and garbage centers me and my younger sisters we used to be embarrassed to eat share the same pit with pigs and and, uh, and the goats and stray dogs I never thought that one time I would sit on a table and eat food yesterday we took us in a hotel we ate and enjoyed ourselves I, I remembered when I was sharing dustbins with pigs and goats without any hope that one day I will have sit with big people on a big table let me tell some of you are here today that when you hit a corner it doesn't mean that the Lord has gone that the Lord has finished but while he was in, in, in enjoying now himself as a slave he had entrapment he was trapped you know the devil has never given you up did you know that uh, one of the things the charismatics and, and, and the prosperity speakers they, they preach about supernaturalism as if you have arrived let me tell all of you who are here who are listening to me the devil has never given you up at whatever age he's always there the devil told Jesus I will leave you for a short time I will look for another appointed time this boy was entrapped this time by her boss's by his boss's wife in Uganda we have a word called sugar mommy do you have it in in, in the UK in, in the US and we have a word called sugar mamoroje sugar mamoroje is, uh, is uh, where these ladies uh, they look for younger boys and uh, at universities and give them money and, and, they, and they control them bad things can happen to good people this old lady uh, lasted over this boy everywhere this boy went this lady lasted on him his looks made him desirable even the girls of Egypt they desired him his holiness made him a conquest and uh, this lady said come to bed with me and come to bed with me and come to bed with me and you know how she used her powers to tell him to go and lay her bed and then she followed him there and tried to rape him and you know the whole story how the boy ran if there is anything that is killing this continent of America is sexual immorality sexual immorality is a very huge huge problem and, and you look at the, all the adverts naked ladies all the pornography and and all the things that are connected with nakedness, with sex, is a huge, 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 huge problem. Should, if there is anything you really need to pray and confront, is the demon of Jezebel, of sexual immorality that is killing this nation. But this boy said, No, 
I cannot commit this sin before my God. How can I do this before my God? I'd rather die than having sex with you. And he ran. But when he ran, he lost his coat again. He had a coat which was given by his father. It was taken by his brothers. He had another one which was given by uh, Potiphar. A coat of integrity. The coat of his father was a coat of favor. This was a coat of integrity. It was also taken. And you can imagine Joseph running naked. And he was arrested and sentenced to death because he tried to rape a big man's wife. But the Bible says when he was put in prison and the Lord was with him. The Father of God was still operating on this boy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Even in prison, he gained value. He gained value from the pit. He gained value as a slave. Even when he was in prison, he gained value. He was made the chief of all the prisoners. And while he was in prison, he also was promoted. He became a dream interpreter. Originally, he was a dreamer. In prison, he was promoted to a dream interpreter. Your vision is not dead. It doesn't matter. I don't know what prison you are in now. When my father abandoned us, after 10 years, got married to a rich man, so she bought us land, she built us a house. She made our lives comfortable. She's the one who took me to school when I was a teenager. But because of Idi Amin, during Idi Amin's time, uh, people plotted my sister and she was shot eight bullets by Idi Amin's soldiers. And I was going into high school. I had my shopping list. She was going to shop for me. And uh, I had a news that she was dead. She was the first person I saw dead. Eight bullets in, the past, in one person. A pool of blood was flowing from her. As I was entering the house, I was walking in blood. And I went to where she was laying in a pool of blood. She was having a, a, an eight-month baby girl. And I found the girl was not shot. She was suckling a dead mother. When I looked at the sight of a dead woman and an eight-month baby girl suckling a dead mother, completely exhausted and helpless, I lost my senses. I ran mad, sort of. I went, I tried to commit suicide nine times. It, I thought that life was over. I was abandoned and rejected by my father. Abandoned and rejected by my uncles and aunts. Now, my sister who was my, like my God is now dead. So, where do I live? There was no reason why I should live. It doesn't matter where you are. Even when I was on a waterfall, so high, I was trying to jump. The Lord was with me. I want to thank God who saved me from suicide. It doesn't matter what prison you are in, whether you are suicidal, and there are some things that have been coming over and over. You are in prison of an addiction. You are in a prison of a habit. You are in a prison of something, and you are really struggling with it. Let me tell you, in prison, the Lord was with you. Invite Jesus Christ into your prison. He will never let you down. Anyway, time has gone. But let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, while he was in prison, interpreted dreams, and then 
<coughs> he was forgotten completely by his brothers, he was forgotten completely by even those he interpreted dreams for, completely forgotten for 13 years. On a death row to die. But one day, when he was about to be killed, the king had a dream. And I want to end with this because it's a very, very important thing. These points I'm going to talk about, they completely cover the whole story. The king had a dream. And the dream was not about anybody. The dream was about God's plan. And God's plan to fulfill the dreams he had given to Joseph. Praise the Lord. Let me tell all of you who are here. There are so many words that were spoken to you when you were born. There are so many prophecies spoken to you on your baptism. So many spoken to you on your confirmation. If you, are, you believe in confirmations. There are so many things spoken to you over your wedding. And they seem to have faded away. They have not. The time of fulfillment is on your door. The king had a dream and he invited all the wise men, all the wizards, all the astrologers, philosophers, magicians. They couldn't interpret his dreams. Let me encourage all of you who are here. There is no power, there is no truth in these men and women who are wizards and, and uh, astrologers and all these magicians I see in this country advertising themselves. And all these Halloween, whatever things that I see, people wearing scarves and wearing skins and, and all sorts of things, let me tell you, this power in Jesus Christ. These things have no power. There is only one superpower, Jesus Christ, King of Kings. All these men failed, even, even invited people from all over the world. They failed to translate his dreams. And he failed to eat. And so when a baker baked bread and the master didn't eat, the cup bearer brought wine, he didn't drink it for three days, I don't know how many, the whole nation was troubled. It was at that time that uh, they remembered Joseph and the man said, hey, 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 I now know somebody who is the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. He went and brought that young boy and and in front of the king and the king listened to him this is what the king said I have never ever seen a man full of the spirit of God like him this is the proclamation we would like these people we work at work say I have never seen such a loving man I have never seen such a caring boss I have never ever seen such a husband with the spirit of God. I have never. This pagan king said, I have never. What a testimony this boy had. And from there he said, because of that, I am going to bring <coughs> restoration. And this is what restoration means. He said, you lost a gown which was poor quality. He gave him a new gown. Remember that? The most expensive gown in Egypt that was worn by the king only. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage you, everything you have lost, one day, God is going to bring restoration. He got a new gown. This time, a gown of majesty. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Secondly, the gown didn't come empty-handed. 
It came with a necklace. The necklace was only worn by the sons of the king. A diamond one. And thirdly, he was given a ring. A ring at that time there were no stamps. The ring was a stamp. You would stamp the letter. As a symbol of authority now, you can command things and things will happen. And he was made a prime minister. Can you imagine from a pit to a palace and from prison to a prime minister? What a wonderful restoration. And he gave him a horse. The horse that was only used by the king. And he told Potiphar, take this man around the whole country. Announcing that he is the one I have chosen to implement the dream. Now remember, he was a dreamer. He was promoted to dream interpreter. Now, this time he was made a dream implementer. Now, there's nobody who has interpreted this. It's you. So, implement it. God wants us to be implementers of his dreams. We have a king of kings who has a dream. A dream is about saving the world. And he wants Joseph's generation. You are one of them. whom God is now calling to take the nations of the world and save the nations. He became a dream implementer. And there's something which happened. He looked at him and said, You are still single. And he made a royal wedding for him. Recently, we had a royal wedding in England. And uh, it was very lovely. So he said, Choose among these virgins, these princesses. And he got a lady called Asanath, who was the most beautiful girl in Egypt at that time. I was wondering with my wife if he had fallen for that old lady, sugar mommy, <laughs> don't you think you would have missed this virgin? You see, patience pays but pains. It pains but those who wait upon the Lord, the Bible says, shall have their strength renewed. I want to thank God so much that one day when I had, uh, they had removed Idi Amin and uh, I was a gang leader leading a gang in a school, in a high school. I was in a deep depression drinking and smashing windows and, and, uh, and uh, destroying people's cars and we even burnt a house with petrol. I was a very violent boy and uh, uh, a potential killer and they had removed Amin's soldiers so they were looking for soldiers so I registered to join the army to get a gun and kill my father and kill my stepmothers and kill those who murdered my sister and kill those who raped my sisters. Six of them were raped and, and most of them became pregnant before marriage because they didn't go to school so they were used and they had no defense. I met Jesus Christ. Not in a church but in a bus. And I gave my life to Jesus in a bus. I decided to forgive my father and all these 19 people I had on the list. And Jesus began transforming my life. My life was transformed again. I went to each person and said, I'm sorry I wanted to kill you, but I forgive you. And uh, I went and prayed for my father. My father also, later on, he became sick. And he put an announcement that we should come and help him. And we went and picked him, took him to the hospital. 
and uh, the mother my mother whom he rejected is the one who was with him in the hospital for seven months we the children he abandoned we are the ones who were looking after him and let me tell you he recovered and came back home I remember the day he came back home we were all excited and he cried in his arms and he cried in our arms and asked us to forgive him and we forgave him so we were all reconciled with him and uh, he became our father again he remarried my mother again and uh, he brought his family, his wives and 56 grandchildren we had a grand reconciliation and he made me an heir to his household and he died recently he died a, a, a happy man my mother also died a happy woman recently and I am also a happy boy and my sisters are happy because they are all Christians and my stepmothers God has been doing an amazing work and I want to encourage you, all of you are here that the Lord is calling you to be a Joseph generation your dream is not dead your dream is still alive while Joseph was in his leadership and the famine all over the place one day his brothers came blessed be the name of the Lord the seven years of plenty and seven years of famine his brothers came and you know the favor of the Lord was upon him there was a lot of harvest a lot of storing his brothers came if it was you what would you have done what would you have done your brothers have come so they came so they said we are going we are looking for food and he said how many are you and they said but the Bible says that when he saw them he recognized them praise the Lord he recognized them that they are lost they need a savior and uh, he told them you are spies but later on the Bible says that the Lord touched him and he introduced himself that he was the one so there was a, a time of restoration he, he forgave his brothers and was restored to them and he showed grace over them by the acts he made and uh, I, I used that as a sign to help us that there are five fingers of God's grace which Joseph with his hand showed his brothers the first one was um, the finger of grace first of all he paid he paid for them all the money they had paid for the food he restored them and Jesus Christ as a second Joseph he paid our price he is still paying his grace is sufficient for us amen and the second finger was that these boys bowed down to him whether they liked it or not they bowed down to him that is another finger of grace which means that we need to worship the Lord he is greater in power in wealth and knowledge they recognize this so worship is recognize the greatness of our king I would like to ask this church to be a worshiping church that will show the grace of God and thirdly the Bible says he blessed them especially Benjamin blessing is a very important thing we have been blessed by your food blessed by everything he blessed them and then the first thing I was weeping he wept with them the grace and restoration they came together that was a sign that he had forgiven them completely 
He wept and remember when Jesus wept on the cross and he said it is finished. And the fifth one was the feasting and they started feasting and they enjoyed themselves. God wants us to be together as a family to feast. And I want to tell you one day when we all die there is going to be a feasting in heaven. And we shall be the brides of the bridegroom when all of us we sit there and have a heavenly banquet where we shall never, never die again. Today is your day, my brother, my sister. If you had a dream and had gone down, it's your day to be restored. Are you from a troubled family? The good news is, and the Lord was with you. God can do any miracle from any family. Have you been plotted against by anyone, by any group? The Lord is your shepherd. Have you been sold into slavery of anything? The Lord is your guide, even in slavery. Are you in a kind of slavery or any appetites? God is there for you. Have you been falsely chosen? The Lord knows you are innocent. Are you thrown in a certain prison and forgotten? The Lord has never forgotten you. Have you lost your dreams or lost your coats or your robes? Our God is a God of restoration. Are you struggling with bitterness and unforgiveness? Let us take the example of Jesus. <coughs> he told his brothers, he said, you meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. And he provided for them and he lived 110 years. And these people lived in Egypt for 450 years because of the act of forgiveness that this boy showed them. So may God bless us today and I would like us to stand and we pray together in Jesus' name. Blessed Ashua, if you know this hymn, just one stanza. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a forte, so glory divine. Hero salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my soul, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my soul, praising my Savior all the day long. Father, this is our story. This is our song. Praising you, our Savior, our Redeemer. Blessed be your name, Lord. We thank you for your unfailing love that endures forever. Lord, you are good and your love endures forever. Blessed be your name, Lord. I pray for these men and women, O oh Lord. I pray that in the name of Jesus, you will rekindle their destiny, rekindle their blessing. I pray, O oh Lord our God, for those who are here this morning 
to remember that they are loved by the Father. I pray that you restore that love between a father and son in them, Lord, to know wherever they are that the Father loved them. I want to pray for them, Lord, that you will stand them up, O oh Lord our God, to be instruments of revival in this country by refusing to participate in the evils of this nation and speaking out preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, I pray for boldness. I pray for courage in the name of the Lord. And Father, I pray for those who are, have been plotted against. There are so many people who plot evil. I pray that you build a wall of fire around them and protect your children. I pray for those, O oh Lord our God, who are being persecuted because of their faith. I pray, Lord, that you strengthen them. I pray for those, O oh Lord our God, who may be thrown in a pit. They have been there for many years. The pit of bitterness. The pit of unforgiveness. The pit of anger. I pray that today you will release them. In the name of Jesus. Release them from that bondage in the name of the Lord. I pray for those who are in slavery somewhere and their children or grandchildren who may be in a slavery of sin, O oh Lord, and they have been crying and crying for a long time. I pray that you bring deliverance and restoration, Lord. I pray for those who may be falsely accused and they have been living with that anger and bitterness and the relationships are completely broken. I pray, Lord, for restoration. I pray for those who may be in prison somewhere, the prison of the mind, the prison of themselves, the prison of their past. I pray, Lord, that you release them today. And I pray, O oh Father, I know you, King of Kings, you have a dream for each one of us. You have a dream of transforming us into men and women of destiny. You have a dream of using us to bring revival in our homes, in our schools, in our places of work, <coughs> and in this country. Come, Holy Spirit, release your anointing. Break every yoke. Break every bondage. Use this church to take the gospel of the kingdom to the hurting world. I pray, Lord, that you release compassion in the name of Jesus. Because without compassion, you can't fulfill the great commission. I pray that you release passion for the lost, passion for the hurting, passion for those around here, and for passion for those around the world. And Father, as you use Joseph to feed the world, I pray that you raise men and women here who are going to go to the nations of the world to preach the gospel of the kingdom in various ways. I give you praise and I worship you. And as you restored Joseph and his family and his father and his brothers, I pray for restoration of the family in America. I pray for the restoration of the family system. I pray for the restoration of fathers and sons, wives and husbands, children and their parents. I pray for restoration, O oh Lord our God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will make the family stand because 
It is the family that you created in the world. I thank you and I bless you. And I pray that the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be released upon each one of you, upon your work, upon your families, upon your children, and upon everything you do. May that blessing lift you from glory to glory and victory to victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.